Welcome once again to Logical Light. I'm Tim Elliott here again at the Jamira Lakes Towers District with Ludmilla Malaba, managing partner of the legal firm Yamalaba and Pleska here in Dubai. And in this episode, passports, employment, and the law. And as always, here is our legal expert, Ludmilla. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Tim. Uh, so, can an employer demand to hold an employee's passport, Ludmilla? Let's start there. Well, can the employer do that? Um, they can and they do. Uh, are they allowed to by law? No. Right. And uh, this is a practice that has existed in the UAE for quite some time. Uh, and with time, as the public becomes more educated, uh, it's um, fading, uh, but still exists. Uh, in the past, uh, what used to happen is that the employers uh, would uh, hold their employees' passports um, as long as they were in their employment. Mm. Uh, and this was done for a number of reasons. One is it, it was in particular typical of um, those where the employees, for example, were more in the service industry, in the service sector, let's say, or domestic workers, for example, for nannies, for gardeners, for drivers. Uh, similarly, in a lot of, um, for example, spas, uh, where you have nail practitioners and such, that was a very typical practice. But in general, uh, even in corporate um, setups where you had um, you know, so business companies, um, they would often hold passports of their lower paid employees. Uh, now, this was done for a number of reasons, and um, the main or the core reason for this is because of the nuanced uh, and the fairly particular uh, relationship that exists between employees and employers in the UAE. And that is, and that it applies to all those who are non-Emiratis. Uh, so for a non-Emirati uh, non to work in the UAE, they are allowed to do so only if they have a visa, an employment visa to work here. Uh, to have an employment visa to work is that you need to have employment. And so, and to have that employment uh, visa, it actually has properly done, it has to be uh, sponsored by the company for uh, whom you work. And so, as a result, you have this, uh, what's called a, a sponsorship relationship between the employer and the employee. And in short, the employer or the company, because of this sponsorship relationship, uh, effectively sponsors the employee and as such is responsible for that employee. And because of it, uh, many companies did not want to take the risk of having, for example, their employees run away, which mm -hmm. used to happen. They would either run away or they would go and work for someone else. Uh, or um, perhaps um, um, they would go and um, conduct acts that the company did not necessarily approve of, such as um, taking out loans, and um, they might have needed passports for that. So uh, it's it, but it ultimately stems from that employee-employer sponsorship relationship, where uh, companies uh, felt that they, um, um, because of the this, this uh, sponsorship element, they were responsible for the employees, and therefore they wanted to be able to control. Uh, what um, their employees uh, may be able to do uh, with, uh, and obviously having a passport, it gives those employees freedom, and uh, many companies did not um, want for that to exist. Uh, there were even more interesting examples, and that is, for example, where um, uh, employees worked for um, even semi-government entities like free zones. We've heard cases in the past of certain free zones, they would hold passports of their employees. Uh, and in fact, uh, they, employees would not um, clearly or, or expressly would um, be denied uh, payment of salaries if um, they didn't hand over their passports. 
so these practices existed over the years and were quite prevalent. Uh, and uh, as a result, obviously, there were a lot of issues uh, that uh, arose. And that's because people, people's circumstances change. For example, someone gets um, ill and they need to leave the country or um, their family member is um, unwell and they need to leave the country. And they felt that they were um, often beholden to the employer and they didn't have the freedom uh, to travel because they didn't have their passports. Um, uh, so the practice has existed, but the law has always been the same. And that is, it's not legal for anyone to hold the passport of anyone else unless it's a, it's a licensed and properly licensed government authority. So, for example, immigration or the police or the courts. Uh, but not just any uh, government authority. So it's not like, for example, RTA can request to hold your passport. Uh, so it has to be an authority that by, by the scope of its um, role in society, you know, ultimately can, can demand um, the, uh, uh, the, the, sort of the holding of the passport. Uh, but otherwise, uh, the, the law has always been very clear. No one is allowed to hold the passport of somebody else against their will. And now against the will is an interesting caveat yeah. because a lot of the times employers would have a clause either in their offer letter or in the agreement or it would have a separate document where they, they would require for the employee to sign off that they are handing over the passport voluntarily. Uh, so, but the premise of why this law has, is, is what it is and has always been the same, and that is the passport is actually the property of the government that issues it. It's not the property of, of that particular person, per se. So, therefore, it's other kind of private parties and non-government entities do not have the right, or no one has the right to basically to hold the, the property of, of a foreign government. Uh, unless the specific circumstances exist, such as, for example, the police or the immigration. See, that's the point, isn't it? Passports are the property of the issuing country and should only be in the custody of either the holder or a person authorised by the holder. So it's kind of incumbent on a passport holder to be, uh, I suppose, responsible for safekeeping the passport. So that means there are no reasonable grounds for an employer to hold on to an employee's passport, simply put. Correct. Uh, though I have to tell you, we've heard a number <laughs> of... though. Yes, there's, we've heard a, num a number of um, uh, alleged reasons as to why employers, for example, request for the employees to hand over the passport, such as safekeeping. Uh, yeah. That in particular, we've heard a lot with um, uh, with domestic workers, uh, where employers would say, okay, well, we're holding the passport for you so that you don't lose it. Well, that's not really a genuine argument. And uh, you know, if that domestic worker lives with you in your house, then obviously there's a place <laughs> for them to store their passport uh, that is accessible to them and that's under their uh, control, but uh, you, but as you said, uh, you're right. Legitimate. There are no legitimate reasons uh, for anyone to request and hold the passport of somebody else. Wouldn't you even need to check with an embassy or a consulate if you're even permitted to offer your passport for safekeeping? Theoretically, I mean, you should. Knowledge is power, yeah. and um, certainly, more information you gather, more sources you can rely on. Um, the more arguments you have when that particular request um, comes forward, and uh, don't be surprised. Even to this day, I mean, this day w when the general public is much more educated 
um, these examples happen. Mm. And uh, we hear of, um, of, of many uh, employees and, and clients that complain that um, they have no freedom because um, this employer or that party are holding their passports. Uh, I'll tell you, there's another variation to, to this is that we've seen in the past, for example, in commercial uh, disputes, or not even disputes in commercial relationships, uh, same thing happens. Let's say I wanted to borrow money from you, 10,000 dirhams. You said, fine, I'll give you, here's the 10,000 dirhams, give me your passport. And right. so uh, these kinds of, uh, you use kind of a passport as a guarantee in a way, these um, arrangements um, happen. Uh, but uh, they're very easy to rectify. In fact, so if something like this happens, what do you do? Uh, you call the police. And that's basically it. I mean, it's as simple as that. Okay. Uh, and uh, many people obviously worry uh, getting the police involved. But the police will act on these uh, requests, and they act pretty swiftly. Uh, most of the time, it's just a matter of a phone call. The police will call whoever it is that, um, that uh, that's uh, holding the passport and will just request for them to hand over the passport and if if they don't then they will ultimately uh, show up uh, the door and uh, request that they do so physically or in person uh, but uh, in short all it is is just a matter of reporting it to the police and the police is is um, quite well familiar with the law and will act efficiently can a company terminate an employee because they refuse to allow their employer to hold their passport in practice yes they can uh, but that would, uh, because employers in the UAE um, and employment in general is at will, so the employers have the freedom to terminate employment at any point in time for any reason and uh, with no notice. Uh, but it just becomes a matter of compensation. So in that case, let's say if employment was terminated because the employee refused to hand over the passport, uh, then the employee could claim what's called arbitrary dismissal, and that is that they were terminated without good cause, and as such, um, they're entitled to compensation as a result of this. And in, in many cases, depending on the length of their uh, employment or the type of contract, it could be uh, anywhere up to three months of uh, full salary uh, just com as compensation for arbitrary dismissal, and that's in addition to the one-month notice um, that is always uh, attached to every employment contract. Uh, if you did win an arbitrary dismissal case, uh, is a company obliged to rehire an employee? No, uh, the UAE does not have um, uh, laws that require any party to either hire someone uh, against their will or to be uh, to uh, be employed against their will. So. Uh, the, the concept in the UAE is very similar to the U.S. and it's just employment at will. So therefore, I as a company cannot be forced to hire anybody I don't want to hire uh, for whatever reason, even if it's, let's say, it's Tim that has red hair. Uh, it just doesn't matter how arbitrary it is uh, or discriminatory. Uh, I, legally, I'm not, I, I can never be required to rehire you. And similarly, you as Tim, you can never be forced to work for me against your will. So that's what's called is employment at will. In other countries, in Europe in, Europe in particular, uh, there are a lot more restrictions um, that are attached to employee-employment relationships. Uh, but in the UAE, it's more, uh, it's more akin to the US system. Okay. Uh, you kind of answered this when you set the example of borrowing 10,000 dirhams from me. Uh, good luck with that, by the way. But if, uh, if an employer does hold on to your passport, what can you do? You, you simply would call the police and say, look, this has happened. Uh, correct. In that particular case, let's say uh, the employer in that case is holding my passport because the employer, the company that is, lent me the 10,000 dirhams. 
Um, so you can see from the employer's standpoint, mm-hmm. that, well, this is fair. I gave you 10,000 dirhams. Uh, because I tried to borrow it from you, Tim, but you didn't give it to me, so I had to go to my employer. Uh, so the, in the employer's mindset, um, they are making this good gesture and accommodation for the employee by lending them money, but obviously they want some sort of guarantee. So in their minds, they might be justified, uh, especially because, for example, there might be a document that clearly states, okay, I give you 10,000 dirhams in exchange you give me your passport until you pay it off. Uh, now, the, that relationship, using that example, you have separate relationships. You have the commercial relationship where I still owe the employer 10,000 dirhams. And then you have the, the passport relationship, which is completely different. So the two are separate. So in, so I could still go and call the police and say, I, I do my passport is with the employer. And the police will get involved and I will have, and they, I will receive my passport. The employee will have to give up the passport, uh, even though there is this document that exists that I said, yes, I borrowed money against the passport because the two become separate legal relationships. I still, the employer still has a, has a case with me or has a right uh, to, to the 10,000 dirhams. It's just that they have no right to hold the passport as a guarantee because that is against the law. Uh, so the contract still exists and still valid and the right, the employer's right is still there. Uh, but the the form of guarantee that the employer used is an, an invalid form of guarantee under the law, and therefore that part of the contract is now invalid, and uh, the passport um, will be returned to me. If, as an employer, an employee reports you to the, the court, the police, uh, the Ministry of Labour, uh, whichever path they choose, what kinds of penalties might apply? Uh, and between whom? How, how does that work? With regards to the passport, it's uh, it's not really a claim that can be taken to the court it's or okay. to the civil court or the labour court. It's more of a criminal ma- a matter. So in that case, if you, for example, are the employer and you're holding on to my passport and you refuse to give that to me, it's criminal. It's, 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 a, it's a similar to theft or it's a form of theft. So would it be the Ministry of Labour who would then contact the police, for example? No, or? it would be me, the the employee, right. uh, the humble employee, <laughs> that uh, um, you know, whose passport uh, is now in your custody, for example, the company. Mm-hmm. And so I would be the one that would file the case with the police uh, right. uh, claiming that you have my passport, that you refuse to give it to me. So it becomes a criminal matter. So there isn't really so much of a of a, uh, I guess, monetary compensation to me in the criminal case. However, let's say you, the company, have taken my passport and uh, and as a result, I cannot um, travel and let's say there was, there was something happened that I had my ticket booked um, to go home at that time, but because you didn't give me the passport, I lost that ticket and maybe hotel reservation, where, wherever it is that I was going to. So now, once I've won my criminal case against you, whereby the criminal courts have adjudicated a decision in terms of whether you were you were allowed to hold my passport, now you have been held um, criminally, or I guess responsible or guilty for having taken my passport. Now I have a criminal verdict against you. Now with that verdict, I can go to civil court and now I can, I can now claim compensation for the damages I have suffered as a result of your criminal act. Right. And the criminality of your act will have already been proven by virtue of the criminal court's judgment. And so in that case, I would have to show, because all damages in the UAE system have to be proven or substantiated. So I would have to show that, look, for example, on this date, I had a ticket and I paid X amount for this ticket and I had a hotel reservation, for example, for the next month, wherever it was, and whatever other expenses I can show that I 
that I've paid for and therefore losses I have suffered as a result of not being able to travel. Um, so in that case, you, that's, you have the, the criminal sanctions, but you also may have the opportunity to recover some of your uh, financial losses as long as um, they can be substantiated. Ludmila Yamalova is the managing partner of the Dubai-based law firm Yamalova and Pleska. As always, Ludmila, huge thank you. Thank you to you, Tim. Passports, employment and the law. That's another edition of Logical Lights. Now, we can't cover every aspect of the UAE's legal framework in each episode, but if there is a legal issue you'd like answered, you can get in touch via lylawyers.com or via any of our social channels, and we'll try to answer you in a future edition of Logical. You can WhatsApp to 001 And for a legal consultation, hit the contact button lylawyers.com